This is The Mystical Positivist, a radio show dedicated to the application of reason in the pursuit of spiritual practice and development. It consists of commentary, book reviews, interviews, and discussion in and around the local and larger spiritual community. The thesis of the show is that rationality is in no way the antithesis of deep mystical experience. In fact, we assert that it is a necessary ally. I'm your host, Stuart Goodnick. Joining me in the following presentation is my co-host, Dr. Robert Schmidt. Rob is the director of Talia Meditation Center and founder with myself and Jim Wilson of Mini Rivers Books and Tea in Sebastopol, California. This week on the show, we feature a pre-recorded conversation with Zimbabwean healer Mandaza Augustine Kandemwa. Mandaza is a spirit medium and medicine man from Bulawayo, Zimbabwe. In Shona, his native tongue, he is known as a Mandora, Sfikiro, and Gambwa. He was initiated through the tradition of the Injuzu, the water spirits. Mendaza carries with him in his heart the Central African spiritual tradition of healing and peacemaking. He is known internationally for his loving presence and for his preservation of the old ways. He stands for truth, love, justice, and peace in this world. Mendaza was raised in a Christian home, trained as an educator, school administrator, and police officer in apartheid Rhodesia, now Zimbabwe. During this time, he became actively involved in the liberation struggle. Currently, Mendoza travels internationally, offers teachings and healing counsel in churches, schools, prisons, and hospitals. He co-authored with Michael Ortiz Hill, Twins from Another Tribe, one of the few books that discuss Shona cosmology and traditional practices. Hello, dear friends. How are you? Hello. Hello. Good evening. <laughs> welcome. Good evening to you, Bob. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us, and we are very happy for you to join us on the Mystical Positivist. Right. <laughs> You're welcome, Baba. <laughs> <laughs> we are, we are uh, very glad for, to be able to have this conversation. Our mutual friend, Tani Sara, um, recommended oh, yes. that this happen. And so uh, yes. uh, we are grateful to her, of course, too. Thank you. Thank you so much. So she's, uh, a, she's, a, she's a woman of the world, that woman. Yes, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, they want to they want to be of service, and they are in service of spirit. Yes. I, I I agree, and she came into uh, just as background. She came into our spiritual bookstore in our in our local town and uh, spoke yes. to me, suggesting this conversation. Fine, Papa. So um, let's go for it. All right, let's go for it. So our uh, our uh, our first question uh, is one that we ask all first time guests, and that is to invite you to look back to your childhood and youth, and if any experiences that you recall from those times in your life jump out, because they are precursors they are they are uh, suggestions of where your life would later take you especially as a healer and peacemaker that's what i'm inviting you to uh to re reflect upon the thing is brother there were many young days 
on earth. My elders would notice that as a child playing with other children, but they did not want to tell me what was happening in my lifetime. So during those days, it was just normal life. Like any child who's born into the world, they think and believe that um, what they are going through is normal. So I grew up exactly like that too, as a young boy. But the one thing that um, I remember so well at that young age is a dream that I received, sleeping dream. In my family, there was this uncle of mine who lost his voice completely for more than 15 years. And then at that young age, I had a dream. I was speaking with him and his voice had come back. For no good reason, I just shared this dream with my auntie, my father's sister. Then her interpretation, I remember it so well up to this day. She says to me, that means your uncle will never speak again. Down the line, after 10 years, he, he received his, his, his tongue. And my auntie then said, do you remember your dream when you were this young? I said, I remember it up to now. She says, this is what has happened. That's the first thing that I was told and that I still remember up to today. When I was playing with the youngsters in the forest there, in the bushes there, because I grew up in rural area, not in the city centers. I was born in the rural areas and raised in the rural areas. Would go out as boys you know, to play in the forest. And each time I saw two boys quarreling about something, or exchanging harsh words, I would disappear from them <laughs> and go and hide behind the bush until the quarrel is over. Hmm. My body, I think, was very sensitive to violence. So when I was doing what I was doing, I did not understand at all. This is the little I can share about that, Papa. Question of yours. Well, thank you. That's uh, um, that does point. Those those two uh, um, incidents or uh, or recollections do seem to point in the direction that you have yes. uh, uh, undertaken in your in your later life. So thank you for yes, that. Bob. You're welcome. Bob. Well, so. Um, Let's let's move on because uh, I'd like to explore how you developed, um, how you how you found your your path, and um, uh, on the web on your website, uh, it's recounted that you grew up with both uh, uh, Christian and Native African uh, spiritual heritage, if you will, and I'm yes. wondering if you can. Talk about how that, how each of those affected you. 
When one is born to be a medicine man or a peacemaker, one has to experience two lives. Two lives meaning the life we have as humans on earth. I had to grow up in that world. Mm-hmm. I also, a peacemaker has to also grow up in the world of spirit. See what spirits do to humanity. See how the world does its own things for humanity. You grow into those two worlds. So that is exactly what happened with me. Being born and raised in the world where they were practicing Christianity. As a young boy, I joined those religions. I became an Anglican at young age and uh, participated in all what was going on in the Anglican church, baptized in the Anglican church, confirmed in the Anglican church, and I participated during mass ceremonies, youth education that they offered. I participated, not knowing exactly what I was doing, because other people were doing it, so I had to do it also, you know. Mm. That's the world of humans. So I learned about that. And I loved uh, to sing in the church choir, (laughs) gospel music. Mm -hmm. But the music that was used in the ceremonies were more powerful than the preaching that was going on. That I could identify easily because I saw the preaching was coming from the mind and the education of preachers, mm. but the gospel music was deeper teaching than anything else for me. So I joined the church choir <laughs> and I also created the, the quartet that would sing in the during services, church services. It was a great quartet. I loved that. Music became, gospel music became my teacher, my initiator, my source of energy and knowledge and wisdom that God or goddess exists. That is what I learned during those days, man. (laughs) <laughs> well, it sounds like you could have done much worse. It's, uh... <laughs> you are right, Papa. <laughs> much, much worse. <laughs> so, um, so when uh, when you were doing the gospel music and it was teaching you and you were learning from it and and learning i assume learning by creating the quartet yes it's it's uh i would the the language i like to use around that is a 
co-creation. So you were co-creation is exactly Baba. Not did I only join the Anglican Church. I left and went to be educated by American Methodist Church. Ah. <laughs> I went to school there now and um, I joined the church choir because the choir master loved my voice. I had the a female voice. (laughs) (laughs) So they put me in the church choir as well. And again, we formed another quartet in the American Methodist Church. They then asked me to be the choir master. And I became that. During that time, I could hear music of my own, in my own mind and in my own heart. So I started writing what the music I was hearing and it taught my, 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 my church choir. Ah. That went on for, for many years, receiving oh. songs. Some songs had no words, but beautiful songs when we performed on the stage. Then I quit <laughs> that American Methodist and went to join the British Methodist Church, where I was immediately again chosen to be the church, the, the choir master. And I continued with my, my path. I quit, not knowing what was happening around me at all, and started studying with a religious organization that was uh, doing so well for the entire world of Ted Armstrong of United States. Hmm. Yeah, uh, the Worldwide Church of God, that's what they called it. I did uh, distant education with them and I was doing so well. They wanted to take me over to United States to join them. But uh, my spirits did not allow that. I was still in search of my path. And finally, I heard that the Worldwide Church of God uh, was burned in the United States. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I think my spirits had seen the future of my being a member of that church. So I quit that again. So during all these spiritual journeys of mine, spirits were still creating a new mandaza in me. I was still in the making as a healer and as a peacemaker. This is what I now recall. I can connect my spiritual journey with what is happening today. Spirits were preparing me to become who I am today. Thank you. That's a um, a very interesting and unique story, and yes. um, and and I I appreciate your sharing it with us because I think that um, here in the United States people don't often um, 
understand that thing that that the birth of something important like the manifestation as a peacemaker and healer that it takes um it takes the spirit world or the bigger universe a lot of time to work with us and in us and it sounds like that's that's what you were saying essentially very true baba very true brother very very true so it's, it's true. so true for us that uh we we tend to start up here in the in the west <laughs> and maybe get down to here <laughs> <laughs> this is why i always say to people it has taken humanity a long long time to travel from here to here yeah it has taken us a long long time we still need to travel that journey up to now baba we are still glued up here with all that we think we know and i should Because say I've read for so many books I've read so many books written by the wise ones so i am somebody very important in in our human society we still have to to travel this journey together to get home here so the distinction here for listeners who cannot see uh you on the screen is that uh, uh stuart and you have both uh baba have uh, been pointing first to the head and then to the heart yes the head traveling from the head not allowing ourselves to let go of that we think we know yeah and allow the spirit that resides in your heart to take over and begin to see the challenges humanity is facing challenges of our own making thank you well the story you told about not being able to be present in uh the immediacy of a of an argument among your your young friends um it seems to me um uh, that that your sensitivity as you as you described it um was perhaps enhanced by your the beginning of your or an early stage in your contact with spirit yes baba that needs thorough preparation this is why i love the story of the first buddha mm who lived in a beautiful empire with his rich parents he left behind everything to go and live with mother nature yeah that story is my teacher as well thank you so after leaving the um the last uh, church was there a time where you began to study more formally or work more formally with healers in the uh African tradition not that time at all because i did not like to associate myself with any traditional healers whatsoever mm. because having been born and raised as a christian that would clash 
So I was dedicated to the religion teachings more than to my ancestors. I didn't want to hear anything that had to do with ancestors whatsoever. But as time went on, I did not know that these were the ones that were sending me on this long, long journey, my spiritual path, preparing me to be their follower now. <laughs> yeah, oh. when I look back, I see how I abused I was by certain families. Today, I give thanks to those people. I thought they were abusing me. They were given me to them by my spirits so that they will treat me the way they wanted so that I would learn more from those things. So I have forgiven them mm. for what I thought they were ill-treating me for. I'm thanking them a lot and I'm remembering them in my prayers all the time to say thank you for the well-done job you did for me. Sometimes uh, um, what we need can seem unpleasant at the time, yes. as, as, as you're saying. So in your um, process that, that Stuart is referring to uh, here, um, I'm wondering if there was a point along the way when suddenly your engagement with Christianity became different and thus opening up something new for you in terms of the Shona tradition uh, in Africa. Yes, it's a lot I learned from the journey as a Christian. What I later discovered is that they think they know the Bible so well. They understand the Bible so well. My question used to come along this, say, we teach the Lord's Prayer to children who do not understand the language. They are taught to claim and recite the Lord's Prayer. And once they master that, they are baptized as Christians. There were laws that were asked of us to become true Christians that we had to follow in the religions. I questioned most of those. I even challenged some of the elders to say, when the Lord's prayer goes, forgive us as we forgive them that trespass against us. Is this not a word, a confirmation, a prayer, which is coming from the mouth only? How many neighbors do we forgive that we have offended as well? Is receiving a new name given by the archbishop 
is that going to take me to heaven at all? I began to question those things. They will say you cannot be baptized unless we give you a new name. <laughs> the English name, not Mandaza at all. They would not accept that. Wow. So I, from Mandaza, I became Augustine for me to be able to be baptized and become a Christian. I questioned those things and I was looking at all those issues and never asked the authorities to explain this to me. But I learned about that. I must receive a European name so that God will accept me when I die into his world. Huh. I must become Peter. I must become Mary, not Mandaza anymore. What evil is there in my name, Mandaza? Who created names? Is the creator. Every name is more important than any other names we may think of. There is no one name that is more special than another name. These are the later teachings I got from my spiritual guides. Like the languages we blame, we don't go along with the different languages spoken in the world. The different religions that we belong to, they say if we don't belong to our religion, you won't go to heaven. I question all those things. I want to understand more why they say so. And why I used to say so too. This is why we have to pray and ask for the third eye to open so that we see the beauty of in names, all names. Hmm. We see the beauty in all cultures, in all religions and traditions. Beauty that brings peace. To your, this is. These are some of the questions I used to ask as a Christian, but I could not get answers from anybody at all. So the religion has taught me a lot. If we are all Christians, this is what I learned from Spirit. Why do we find the bitter and the bloody walls between Christians and non-Christians? We even hire and buy, purchase military of war weapons to fight each other. Being all Christians, worshipping one God. So I see now that cultures, be they African, be they European, need cleansing. Hmm. Including the holy Bibles that have been written because they have edited God's word. God says, love your neighbor. And he goes on to say, do you know who your neighbor is? My neighbor is that one in front of me. 
discuss my neighbor. It could be a dog, it could be a bird, it could be a tree, it could be a mountain. That's my neighbor. I must give that neighbor my unconditional love and offer my best healing for that person. This is what I learned in religions and in our own cultures that we have established on earth. We need a lot of cleansing rituals performed by every one of us. If we are to, to travel from the head to the heart. Mm-hmm. We, we have heard it said that the, the words in the Bible and in many religious books are true if we can hear them. But, but the hard thing is to love my neighbor as myself is a high practice. Very true. So how, how do we go from the head to the heart so that we can hear those words? Yes. Because our heads are full of, I know it all. And yet the heart is thirsty. The heart is hungry for the truth. Which I observed during my spiritual journey, that the heart is hungry. The heart is thirsty. So, um, what I'm hearing, excuse me, you say, (coughs) is that um, these questions were arising because um, your heart was thirsty. Very much so. Just look at how I quit different religions. Mm. For no reasons known to me. So my heart was not happy with what was going on there. So they quickly told me to quit. And go to the next religion. Be with them. Learn how they they learn their things there. And out of that confusion, you become a wisdom keeper, a true healer. I'm not claiming to be a true wisdom keeper. I'm also a seeker of wisdom right up to this point. I need healing as well. I have my own issues inside of me, here in my head. I need healing. So I'm appealing to you, two people, my brothers here, to remember me in your prayers that I'm a seeker of knowledge and wisdom and healing. And uh, vice versa, too. Thank you. You're welcome, Bob. So, um, so you, <clears throat> excuse me, um, in the material that we read about you for this uh, conversation, there are three specific terms that get applied to you and your role as a healer, as I understand it. And I'm, I'm almost afraid to say them aloud because I think I will not 
uh, say them correctly so that you could even understand them. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mohondoro, Sfikiro, and Gombwa. Those are yes. those, that's my best uh, attempt there. Yes, you did it so well. <laughs> that's, very, <laughs> that's very generous of you. <laughs> but um, but I wish I wish you could tell us what they mean in ways that our listeners uh, to this podcast can understand. Shikiro is like a, a bus stop, like an airport where the planes land. A bus stop where cars, lorries, trucks, whatever you name it, stop for a break. That's the bus stop to pick up passengers and uh, drop passengers. I am that because I I am directed and connected to different kinds of spirits. So they land on this bus stop. I am the bus stop. Hmm. I am the airport. I am the harbor. At the harbor, you see boats, you see big ships, you see canoes. So the the harbor is uh, surrounded by these things. I am exactly like that, surrounded by different spirits, the earth spirits, the water spirits, the universe spirits, they work around me, giving me ways of wisdom to share with the world. That's Gomwa, surrounded by Shikiro, a bus stop, an airport, bus station. That's what it means. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, so I can communicate with the earth spirit so well, I can communicate with the animals and birds spirits so well. They visit me in my dreams, in my visions. They talk to me. They guide me. The water spirits. I'm also, you know, the mermaids, for example. Mm-hmm. They work through me. The sea lions, the dolphins work with me. The fishes underwater. You name it. And the plants. I see them in my sleeping dreams and they talk to me and teach me a lot of things. So that is what it means when you say Shikiro Gomga Mondoro. Thank you. We hardly, we have very few people in my country here who are like, like that. We are very few of us who are like that. I know a few, they have visited me and I visited them who share stories and, you know, share how these uh, spirits uh, work with us or through us. We share. They are very isolated, very far away from each other too. 
in Zimbabwe, they are looking for such people. They are hard to find <laughs> unless you are given and directed in a dream. Mm. Then you find them. Yeah. That's what it means by that. Okay. Is this a time where more such healers will be coming forward? It's very possible because we need more shikilos, more mondoros, more gombas in the entire world we live in today. We need those people. Yeah, we need them badly, Papa. Because if I look at our world, we are not well. We need healing, Papa. As long as we still say, I'm an American, I'm a Japanese, I'm an Indian, I'm a Zimbabwean, we still need healing, Papa, because we are always praying for nothing but peace to prevail on earth. Peace cannot prevail in those conditions we live in the world today. Let's forget about that. We may create peace-making bodies, peace-making missions to try to bring world peace unless we demolish those boundaries that separate us from one another. As brothers and sisters, we will never experience this peace we are talking about. That's what I see. They should never be in your country, for example, black American community, Japanese community, the Indian community in that beautiful country of yours. Uh-uh. One world, one people. The moment we begin to see, I begin to see myself in you, and you begin to see yourself in me. The moment I begin to see myself in that beautiful tree, and the tree sees itself in me, then we'll have world peace. For now, we can talk and talk and talk about world peace. We are not near world peace yet. We are not ready yet. And yet that world peace is in our hands. It is up to us when we should bring world peace or stop it from happening. As a healer and a peacemaker, how can you, how can we support the growth of world peace? World peace begins in your heart, Papa, as an individual. World peace cannot rise just like the sun does <laughs> and it begins to shine on planet Earth. You must create world peace first in your heart. Once there is peace in your heart, 
you become a bright light which can be seen by any creation and those creations will run to you to see the light. But if you have been creating and growing darkness in your heart, you won't see the light at all. No birds can see the light in you. They see the darkness and they run away from you. No butterflies can see the light in you that attracts the insects at night time. There won't be any light in you. So my teaching is that become the candle first so that everyone begins to light their own candles. Then we bring world order. Thank you. Um, so the world of spirit is crucial to lighting that light. Do I understand that correctly? Very correct, Baba. Very, very correct indeed, yes. There is more we can talk about that, more, quite a lot. We need more time to talk about. This is why wherever I travel, we create circles of learning. Not learning from Mandaza, uh-uh. Learning directly from spirit now. Mandaza is also a learner. I must not be called the, the, the wise one. I'm not wise. If I was wise, I would never be looking for teachings from the above, the below. I would never be doing that. I'm a seeker of wisdom seek of how we can make peace to the world. Because in my own way, when I look at my own self, you know, my own mirror, I see that I have a lot to open up to world peace. A lot. Mm -hmm. Do the spirits that come through and with messages want humans to find peace? Are they here to help or do they operate in a different world entirely? So we are standing on top of Mount Sinai right now, all humans. Our wish is to come down to the land. But we have created obstacles that cannot allow us to come down that mountain. The moment we begin to be willing to be guided by that great spirit, to follow the spirit will descend from Mount Sinai and be on the land. But we are refusing to be guided by that candlelight. We say we can do it on our own. So the light watches us do what we think we can do. Watching us do what we do is done out of love for us all. 
and how many people see that profound love being given by that spirit that wants us to come down and be on the land where there is abundance, where we can celebrate not independence anymore. When we come down to Mother Earth, we celebrate interdependence. We become an ocean that refuses no river, Papa. We are refusing to come down the mountain. This is what I see, and this is what I learn from my spirits, and which is very true. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the um, um, so in your own in your own path as spirit, as you began to listen to spirit and and spirits, um, how did that first begin to change your life, so that you could become and move in the direction of becoming a healer? Change takes time. <laughs> Indeed. It's like when one is addicted to something, to tell them to change from addiction, it takes them time. During that time, not knowing that space were calling me, during my training with them, I resisted, Papa. <laughs> because I did not understand these things. I resisted. I remember for 15 years resistance. But how did they tell me? I became sick with nothing but depression. I did not understand why I was living on earth. I wanted to commit suicide myself. I tried to do to commit suicide more than three times. And I failed. I then sat around on my own saying, how did I fail to commit suicide? And why did I not commit suicide? So I came to learn that there was a purpose of my being on earth to follow the spirits I was resisting. So that is what I I did, <laughs> turning around to join the world of spirits. It's beautiful. It must be done by all of us for our own good. But it takes time, Papa, to come out of the addiction. That makes time. sense. Yes, that yes. makes sense. Yes, that makes sense. It takes time. It's not easy. It's challenging, Papa. Because that time, the moment of your acceptance, it takes you into deeper challenges now for testing my spirit. Deeper challenges. I lost a lot of things, my dear, in my lifetime, a lot of things. My dear friends, abandoned me. Mm. 
my own blood relatives abandoned me because they could not understand me. Hmm. I did not want to live in a home, Papa. I just wanted to be alone. I was a family member. I didn't want even to go and see my family. I wanted to be alone. That is the time I was dreaming a lot. Daytime and nighttime, more than six dreams a day. And I would remember every dream. Hmm. It was tough, Papa. (laughs) It was really tough, you know. (laughs) My life story I'm just sharing with you on the surface is deeper than what I'm telling you. (laughs) And I love that. I can see why it was happening around me to be directed to my my path. I have not accomplished that journey yet. I'm still on it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you for telling us um, (laughs) this because I think it will resonate with many people who who also find themselves, their Very lives true, unsatisfying. <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if you had a uh, contact with a human healer at any point that, that helped you become a healer yourself. After my resistance and my submission to my spirits, I then said a prayer to say, what do you want me to do? I'm now ready to do whatever you want me to do. They said, you look for healers in your country, Zimbabwe, especially in Yarare, where I used to live. I visited those healers, including some of the Gombos, the Mondoros. <laughs> and each time they looked at me, they said, you don't need healing from us. Hmm. You have your own guys who are going to heal you, Papa. But I said, no, please heal me. So they took me in, but I came out of them empty-handed. I went to another one. I visited so many traditional healers. And then I asked my spirits, what do I do now since things are like this? They said, we send you to those healers to learn how they handle the sick. We did not send you to to receive healing from them. (laughs) so (laughs) we are coming to heal you ourselves they were so clear about that these are spirits I'm a human being how can they come and heal me and it happened Papa that particular night I don't forget it they came in my dreams, the grandmothers, grandfathers, the beautiful lights that were lighting around me, the rainbows. 
surrounded me. They said, we are taking you under water to heal you now, to initiate you now. So I found myself in that dream under the water of the mighty Zambezi River. Went through there and ended up in a world I've never seen before. <laughs> that looks like our world too here, where there are people. And it was underwater that whole night. They took me in my sleep. And they sent me to different healers that I saw there. Each healer performed their own ritual for me until I went through all the processes. And they said, you are done. You now go into the world of humans, going to heal our people. And I woke up that morning. I was very tired, Papa. Very, very tired, very weak. For three days, I was like that. Then I started seeing plant medicines now coming to my <laughs> It's quite a story, but <laughs> plant medicine, different kinds. They asked me to go and collect those. And when I went out into the rivers and lakes around here, I found the exact plant medicine I was dreaming of. Mm-hmm. Brought them home. They would come again the next the following night, say, this is how we prepare these medicines. They would do it while I was watching. So the following morning, I would begin to prepare the medicines. How do I, who do I heal? I would ask them. They'll say, we'll tell you later, prepare our medicines. And the pre- people began to dream of me that I was a medicine man. <laughs> they came to my home and they, ah, I started using the medicines people were healed. That is how I became a medicine man. It's not that I led this, this work with anybody else. They taught me themselves. Now, they are no longer showing me the medicines in my dreams. They just say, take your bag, go into the forest. I begin to see the plants that they want. <laughs> I communicate with the medicines in the forest. <laughs> and I bring those medicines home and they do wonders for the sick people. Mm-hmm. That is how I became the medicine man. People started coming to to my healing center who were having family problems, fighting husband and wife, fighting and quarreling over issues. I would talk very simply to them. I would share a little story from my head. That story healed them and they went back, back to their homes hugging. And I looked at that and said, what did I do to make these people settle their issues? I don't know even know how I do it, the peacemaking thing. But uh, when I do it, it happens. Mm-hmm. So one of the things um, that I read about you is that in your mission statement on your website, there's a sentence 
that you are committed to um, teach the way of serving spirit through ritual, ceremony, and prayer. And that, that, that statement really struck me. And so Thank you, um, um, I'm, I, I think our listeners would, would be well served to understand what you mean by ritual, ceremony, and prayer, and how the spirits direct those activities that you do in service of spirit. If you visit any culture in the world, there are many ceremonies they perform. Go to Hawaii, go to the Amazon jungles, go to Australia, to New Zealand, to Africa. You'll see they have their own ways of praying, calling on the spirits of the land they may have a fire ceremony, a dream quest, where they go into the mountains and spend three, four, five days praying for a dream, dream rituals, where they go and perform, make prayer ties, like some of the people in Canada and in your country to the elders in the traditional elders in your country there. Mm -hmm. The Mayan people, they have those rituals and ceremonies. There are different kinds of ceremonies and rituals that are performed. Today we are hearing of what happened in your country of that tall building that has killed many people. I go to the mountain and perform a fire ritual for healing of those people. I may go and perform a water ritual by the ocean, by the lake, by the sea to pray on behalf of those people who were wounded and killed in that tall building in the States. The world events will tell you which ritual to perform for healing for consoling the souls of the wounded people who have lost their dear friends. That's a ritual. A ritual or a ceremony is a prayer. I can go and sit by the ocean in silence, thinking and remembering the people who perished in that building. The World Trade Center in your country too. The waters that hit Japan, The Mexican people, I remember them so well. The aborigines of Australia and New Zealand, I remember them. So that's a ritual, a ceremony that can heal the wounded hearts of people who are in pain. So I perform those on behalf of the animals that are being pushed in in the world today. Pushed because they have a, a precious horn. God killed for having the, the precious horn. For what? I remember those wounds of the suffering animals and birds. 
I even pray for the animals and birds that are in cages. Is it a crime to be a beautiful bird? You go to the Amazon and bring that bird from its own home to put in your home. Do you ever think about the relatives this bird is leaving behind just to be with you? I talk about these things in the world. My teachings come from what I see in a human society. This is where the rituals, the ceremonies are done for. The purpose of the ceremonies. If we win elections, justly, if we win elections, justly, then I perform a a ceremony to say thank you, creator, for giving us this kind of election result. Election results that are not rigged. Then I perform a thank you ceremony. But if the elections are rigged, I go and pray for healing for the elections. <laughs> That's exactly what I, I live on those things. They are part of my food that feeds my soul. Once I remember those people who perished recently in your country, in that building, I feel peace. When this guy who was being interviewed say, what do we do now? He says, mobilize resources and resettle these people. I am with you in your country because of that incident. That's the kind of rich healing I do. Hmm. So um, what impresses me about what you've just told us and been telling us is that I don't hear you making a distinction between the natural world and the human world in the way that is so common uh, to the understanding in places like the U.S. and Europe. It's about, um, it's about human world. I am yet to see, Baba, your land in the United States waging war with the land here in Africa. <laughs> the land. I'm yet to see a mountain waging war against another mountain in other parts of the world. But look at the story of humanity. We have waged wars, <laughs> bitter wars, Papa, that have caused destruction. Very pathetic. There is no community yet in the human world. It's no, for me, it's not either human world. It is a world of conflict, a world of separation, a world of control, a world of ownership. Human world. We are part of the three worlds that spirits talk about. We belong to Mother Nature. We also belong to the waters of the world. We belong to the universe where our brothers and sisters are. 
our fathers and mothers are, our creators are, the moon, the sun, the stars, and all the wind. We think we are separate from those. We also think we are separate from the waters of the world. And we think we are separate from the earth. That is why we have the this will of wanting to own the land <laughs> and control the land. We don't own the land, Papa. <laughs> the land owns us. In many ways. Look at the clothes you're wearing right now. Look at the bookshelf behind you there. All these things and the tables, the chairs you are sitting on right now came from Mother Earth. <laughs> they belong to her. <laughs> she can take them anytime yes. from you. And how many human beings are seeing that? That we are not separate from the land. We are not separate from the universe. We are not separate from the waters. We are not separate from, from the citizens who live on Earth. And the citizens who live underwater, the fishes and all those things, we go and uh, dump our rubbish into the oceans, into the rivers. Who are we poisoning there? Is it the water alone? We are poisoning our neighbors. This is what I see, Papa. So I want to refer to this human world. We are the bomb, Papa. <laughs> we are the illness. <laughs> because I don't see that big tree fighting war with another tree over that side. They come together and they manure the land for our own good. Together. But are we doing that? We are not yet ready to near world peace. We are not yet ready to understand the depth of the meaning of love. This is why I love the music by Bob Marley and all these uh, beautiful messages. Though Bob Marley did not understand what he was singing about. He was just a preacher through music. <laughs> all the great musicians, you see. They were just preaching what they did not understand. One world, one people, one love. So, I, I'm sure by this time they understand what they were singing about. Because they're in the world of spirit. So the, so the communications from spirit um, that you've been talking about are um we we bring them into our lives this is what i'm hearing we bring them into our lives through the ritual the ceremony and the prayer that you spoke of yes we bring them in we actually bring ourselves to them <laughs> yeah. We cannot bring them into us we <laughs> we have got to go to them and belong to them <laughs> That makes that makes sense. It's a, it's, a, it's a in the in the West, so many people think of the world as dead, and 
we, what I hear you say is if we bring ourselves to the spirits, if we make offerings, if we bring ourselves, if we bring our attention, then the, the spirit, spirits will come closer. And they're most welcome. They're most ready to welcome us. They are just waiting for that moment. You are praying for world peace. Come. We'll show you how to bring world peace. We are saying, no, we know. We can establish our own United Nations board. We can establish our own <laughs> government. <laughs> so how much world peace have we achieved ever since we created the United Nations board? How much peace and healing have we brought into our societies, our communities, because we voted so and so on to be our president, our prime minister, our governor? They are also seekers of wisdom, those people. <laughs> they also need healing, Papa. <laughs> the elders, we have spiritual elders, are still looking for that healing up to now. Though they can share beautiful messages given to them with the world, but they are seekers of healing as well. <laughs> yeah, this is what I see, you know. <laughs> Forgive me for my laughter. It's, a, it's an illness I have. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we should all be ill in that way. Yeah. <laughs> Forgive me for my illness. It's, 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 contagious. it's contagious sometimes. It may be Indeed. <laughs> so mm. if humans don't listen to spirit, do the messages become louder? Like, like it, is the coronavirus time a loud message from spirit to help us see what we are doing. Very true. Because look at what we are doing. We vote for Mandaza to begin to, to become the president of the United States, thinking that Mandaza is going to bring us healing and peace. Mandaza is a wounded person. <laughs> How can he bring peace <laughs> before he gets healed? <laughs> so I'm looking at the leadership of the world in all spheres of life. Don't they need healing these people? They need it badly. <laughs> they are praying for it. <laughs> yeah, they are praying for it. If they had that peace, they would never train bodyguards to protect them. We will never be sending people to the moon to go and see if it is livable there so that we can send our own kind to go and settle on the moon. We will never do that. I would never even erect a security fence around my home if there was peace in this world. My security will be my love for you. You will protect me and I will protect you. <laughs> Just my love for you, my love for the forest would never bend them at all. Would never 
put oils into the earth, unwanted oils, the garbages we put under earth, because the earth does not eat those. But we are feeding her with poison. How is your relationship then with Mother Earth when things are like that? Mother Earth is not asking for that, those kinds of foods. She is not, not asking for any rubbish you dump in, in her beautiful body. She is not asking for that. And who gets sick after eating what you eat from the polluted land? It is humanity who get illnesses that hit us from nowhere. And remember one thing, the earth can heal herself. We cannot heal ourselves. We have one, each one life in life. If you tamper with your one life in life, you tamper with everything. But Mother Earth will remain healthy and beautiful. Mother Earth is much much bigger than we are. Yes, very true, Mama. Papa. Very true indeed. Well said. If only we remember that we are one with Earth. We are one with the waters. We are one with the universe. We are one with each other. We are one with those butterflies, those eagles. Those fishes, those dolphins, we are one with them. These are our family members. Then that's the time we say we have brought healing to the world. Thank you. You're welcome, Papa. There's a, uh, um, a phenomenon that you that is mentioned on your website called a dare. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but very uh, correct, Baba. Could you tell our listeners, us and our listeners, about this tool that I understand that you use for some of your healing work? Because healing does not only talk about the physical illnesses we carry. It's about the portholes we have created for ourselves, the portholes on the on a highway, resistance, resisting the call by the spirit. Hmm. That then is a council of wisdom seekers, where they sit in a circle, talk about these issues we have been talking about together as a people sharing the pain of the land, sharing the pain of the animals, sharing the pain of humanity in a set circle. It's like a parliament. It's a healing circle. I like the Jewish people when they study their Torah the whole of their lives, they sit in circles talking about these things. That's that, which is established. 
by the Jewish people. That is a church service, so to speak, where people from different villages come together to listen to the message being delivered by the preacher. That's a circle. We also have a diary where people sit and share their sleeping and waking dreams and visions so that we understand what spirits are saying. I have established many centers in your country, many diaries in country. One is in California, that is in full force. Hmm. One is in Massachusetts. The others are in other parts of the, your country where they do exactly this. And I know they are having a circle in the United States on behalf of the, the collapsed building. This is, and we listen to the voices from spirits because they speak as we sit in a diary. So we participate together with spirit. There are many established. If you Google, you'll find them in, in, in your country. Thank you. One that is that very strong, that is in, in Boston. Hmm. Yeah. In, in many parts of your country that I visited. <laughs> We're still in the United States and Canada. We're still in Europe. They are having those diaries now. Yeah. And the feature because that... Of this, because of this illness, COVID, we are having Dari on this platform. As you interview me, that's Dari. Mm-hmm. Because you want to understand and that is where the wisdom is shared now. In a circle like this one. Thank you. You're so welcome. it's it's the spirit um, being present that yes. is crucial to Adare. Yes. Yes. You know, some people who doubt that the spirits will be present, sometimes when you sit Dare, someone gets into full trance by spirit. And the spirit speaks through that person. Ah, yes. It's happening, Papa. <laughs> it is happening, Papa. So each dare is a ritual and a prayer. Yes. For and a and a opening for spirit. Very correct, Papa. It seems like so important for us to do now is to offer these openings. Very true, Baba. Because spirits are waiting for that. Are you open to us? Then we guide you. World peace will prevail on earth and healing will take place on earth, in heaven, in the waters. So we have to go towards spirit. Exactly, Baba. A friend of mine has said that in the uh, Sufi tradition that yes, that if you take one step towards God, God takes ten steps towards you. And it, it very, he was right. 
I am totally agree with that person. Totally agree with that. So I have another question. You've spoken about ancestors and and different uh, traditions has maybe slight differences in how they understand what ancestors can, how ancestors can help to heal living people. Can you talk about that um, in your understanding? We are with you. Um, there is a talk that people invite me to talk about a teaching about ancestors. The subject is, who is this one we call God or goddess? Who is this one we call spirit or angel? Who is this one we call ancestor? The language is rich in meaning. Play around with words. <laughs> All these things refer to exactly the same thing. Spirit, God, Goddess. Like some people say, there is the Holy Spirit that descends to lead and guide the people. Mm-hmm. Who is this Spirit? If we ask that question in a direct setup, that Spirit will talk to us who he or she is. And I did exactly that myself. Who is this God? Who is this goddess? Who is this mother earth we talk about? She says in brief, I am the I am. I have been given names by you people. And I love those names. But I am the I am. She says so. She says, if you want to see me, Look at yourself in your mirror. I am that one you see in your mirror. I am that ancestor, that spirit, that goddess, that God. She says again, if you want to see me, look at my creation. I am that creation. Then she further goes to say, how is your relationship with me? How do you treat me? So, ancestor is that one you see in front of you. It's just a name given to this I am, great one. So, it's a matter of language that we use that confuses us. We think ancestors, the Holy Spirit, the angels are separate things. They are a big tree of life that has many branches many roots, different kinds of fruit from the same tree. (laughs) He says, I am that tree of life. (laughs) So I am that ancestor, that raccoon, that eagle, that fish. It is a world of mysteries when we talk about ancestors. A world of mysteries the mysteries of spirit, 
when I say spirit, I'm talking about all these energies. They are one. So when we speak of an earth element or a water elemental being, they're like different notes, but they're all the same. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, Papa. God, goddess. We're talking about the same spirit that I am. They and then she goes further to say, I am. I have a, a gift given to you if you follow me. If you listen to me, if you walk my path, I have a gift for you. What is that gift I asked when I was trying to find the truth about all these questions you are asking? Says the gift is my word and my love. That's the gift I have for you if you follow me. And the last gift is peace. I was just thinking that uh, that all these different ways that spirit manifests are like notes in a song, and that's uh, and then I remembered your discussion of how wonderful song was an important song was to you yes. early in your yes. life when Very you were true. still still not in touch with spirit. Yes, Baba. The music is powerful language, Baba. Powerful prayer. There are two kinds of music. The music that promotes violence does not feed your soul. But the music that brings people together heals your soul. It depends on what type of music you love to listen to. So I don't listen to just any music. No, I don't. That's my teaching from music. It's very specific, very direct. The music can come from the heart or can come from the head. Exactly, Baba. Music that comes from your heart. It's food for your heart, for your soul. And we can feel it. Each of us can feel that. Very true. But how many people are responding to that feeling? It's not... It's not important to just understand and know about the ways of spirit the messages from spirit that I now understand them spirit will go further and say what have you done with what you have known what have you used that knowledge for because she wants action Humans are very good at participating by word of mouth. <laughs> we are very good at that. Not at doing. Love your neighbor. 
you gossip about your friend you're sitting next to. <laughs> That's not the way of spirit. Spirit requires action. Action. That's why they say prayer in action. I remember when New Orleans was hit by those floods. I was in the States then. Mm. We started mobilizing people. I had a suitcase of clothes that I wanted to bring back to Africa. I sent them to New Orleans. Because I could feel the pain. The suffering the people were going through. Mm. They needed shelter. They needed clothing. They needed food. They needed medicines. So what I had was my suitcase of full of my own clothes. Send them over to New Orleans. Sending a gift is medicine, Baba. Praying for someone is medicine, Baba. It's peacemaking. So this is what you learn when you walk with these spirits. this again this interview is going to be with you throughout your lives yes it's going to it's in your blood system now by looking for the information we have shared you are not doing it for yourselves. You are not. You are doing it for the entire world. So you are healers. You are peacemakers in your own way. Mm-hmm. We cannot heal the same. The same ways. We cannot talk about world peace the same way or peacemaking the same way. We deliver the message of peacemaking and healing differently. Our target is to bring order at the end of the day. So we are healing from different angles, performing different rituals, offering different prayers, you know, your own way, you know, not Mandaza's way. Uh -uh. My way is my way. Each one has their own way that are important, that must be recognized and respected. What's important I hear you say is that each of us has a way. That's it. Each of us listening, everyone listening has a way. Correct, correct. and, And that way has been working through us our entire lives. Every good action, every good experience, every bad experience is a teacher. Very true. Very true, Papa. Because we are gifted differently. Mm -hmm. So if we listen and move towards that, we can hear hear more deeply. Exactly, Papa. Exactly, Papa. So 
when uh, people are in pain and in need of healing, um, as you described in your early life, um, Baba. So, um, so this is when spirit might be able to do its work most effectively in a, in one sense. Exactly. It's on work that produces amazing results. It does that work through you. You are the altar of the, the spirit. You are the temple of the spirit. You are that important. That is your purpose of being sent to be in this world, to be an altar usable by spirit. Are you allowing yourself to be usable by spirit, I wonder? Unless you let go of resistance, you allow yourself to be an empty vessel that is usable by spirit. Then the emptiness will be filled by words of wisdom. The emptiness will be filled by medicines that can heal the wounded world. But if you present yourself as a full container of the, I know everything, there is, a, there is nothing we can add into that. <laughs> it's already full, you know. <laughs> so the first step is to empty yourself and become an empty vessel and say, here I am, great spirit. Use me the way you want to use me for healing the world. Then spirits will smile at you and say, welcome, young man. We are here for you. You begin to heal amazingly. And when you begin to heal like that, you begin to make peace like that. Don't say, I am very important. You lose all that is in your, your container. <laughs> <laughs> You lose all because it's not you doing the work. It is what is in you. Yes. Yes. So this is what I see happening in our world today. Yeah. <laughs> so that that I so being the Svakiro is to be <laughs> Uh, an open harbor. Very correct. <laughs> Receptive. Yeah. Willing to receive. To be used. Then miracles will happen. Papa. And uh, if the ships coming into the harbor are human beings who, are, who know how to empty themselves, they can be filled in the harbor and sail on to their own destinations. Very correct, Papa. The harbor refuses no, no boats. It refuses no ships. It refuses nothing. It embraces everything. So once you become that harbor, 
Miracles will happen through you, Papa. <laughs> Become that harbor. Become that bus stop. Become that ocean. Again, that refuses no river. Then miracles will happen through you. If you want to become that harbor, you must be the I know nothing person. Not knowing when you speak like that, I know nothing, I'm nothing, you become an important person in your life. You will be elevated by spirit to a position of leadership that does not allow you to lead the sheep, but to follow your sheep, meaning the people. I'm, I'm, excuse me, I'm reminded of my teacher's saying, which was, similar in some ways to what you said earlier in our conversation. So he said, I am that I am, thou art that I am. That was true. It's very true, Baba. You remain a simple leader, an approachable leader a leader that does not partake the hierarchies we have established on earth. A leader who is not escorted by guards, you don't need them. Because everyone, everything in front of you, behind you, in your left, right, center, love you. They will give you that protection. They will definitely give you that protection you need. <clears throat> a leader chosen by spirit can walk into the war zones freely. Hmm. I'm thinking There's nothing of, to be afraid of. Yeah, I'm thinking of Saint Francis, who went to the uh, Holy Land, to Egypt to speak to um, the Muslims there and they did not harm him. That's very true. Because there were, there was protection all over around him. Yeah. People could see that he was a flower in a strange land. Yeah. Beautiful flower. They were attracted to the beautiful flower. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so he walked in that land freely, my brother, because he was one with his people there. Spirit of oneness. Thank you. Welcome, Papa. There are great stories of peacemakers who in America, in the racial period of the civil rights movement, who could right, right, right. stand with open heart and be a testament to 
unity and very true and even if harm came towards them they they could hold that very true they hold that because they know even if I'm harmed to my death like John F Kennedy was they only harm my body and they never my soul this vehicle can be replaced anytime this mandaza vehicle can be replaced anytime but you cannot replace the soul so you are we are incapable of harming the soul killing the soul shooting the soul owning the soul when <laughs> it is the inner you that i loved so much <laughs> the inner you yeah which was never born which will never die <laughs> it remains that's why when i die today tomorrow after my burial you dream of me mm-hmm. you are seeing the me the real me <laughs> you are seeing the real me now <laughs> which never dies hmm. mm-hmm. so when we dream and <laughs> and dream of spirit Sometimes people need help interpreting the dreams. You said you talked true. about that's that earlier. Exactly. That's why we need the dream cycles. Dream diaries. Ah. Very important. So a dream diary is a circle in which we can bring yes. the spirit of the dream out. Exactly. Exactly, Papa. And it will share its wisdom with us. Yeah. <laughs> through that sleeping dream of yours through that vision of yours <laughs> well this is go ahead you had to say goodbye <laughs> <laughs> Well, we don't have to say goodbye, really, do we? <laughs> I understand you, Papa. <laughs> so, well. My, uh, when I was a little boy, the uh, people would say, they would say, toodaloo. <laughs> What the disaster. <laughs> <laughs> which was a way of saying goodbye without saying goodbye. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is why the English speaking people say till we meet again. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Till yes. we meet again and uh, that's it. So to our listeners in uh, America, do you do you still travel to America and travel to the world? 
I'm traveling to other parts of the world because my American visa expired. Yeah, quite big behind there. And uh, it needs a renewal or applying for another one. Yeah. Yeah, then I go where my services are needed. I just go. Whether yeah. it is in the Middle East, if they invite me, I go. You don't have to, I guess you don't have to worry. The spirit will uh, no, I don't take you. <laughs> I don't have to. So, so the spirit will provide a visa if the visa, if the spirit tells you to go someplace. I just go. Yes, yeah. they do. I go. I was told one time many years ago to go to South Africa. Yeah. to be with the people who face apartheid to the West. And they were saying, go to that place, go and be with the story, become the story of apartheid. <laughs> in Soweto, in South Africa. I went. I just walked Soweto Township. I felt what I felt. And then I went to perform a ritual by the ocean of asking for forgiveness on behalf of those people who did what they did. I said, my friend, let's go to the ocean now. I've seen Soweto. I have been in Soweto now. I'm happy. Let's go to the ocean. So that is what I did some, some time. <laughs> yeah. I did that. I went to Germany. After receiving an invitation, I don't need people tell me what is happening in Germany. I feel <laughs> what happened in Germany. I felt it. There was sadness, pathetic. So I asked the people who were with me, the Germans were with me all the time, the elders and the young people. Asked them to take me to the mountain. We spent the whole day up on the mountain. We talked. We prayed for forgiveness. And some of the Germans were transposed by their ancestors and said, Thank you for this ritual you have performed. We are healed. Different spirits came through the people. There. So this is the work you and I have to do together. It cannot be done by just one person in this world. That's why we need more disciples to join the healing circle. More and more people should listen to the voice of spirit and we become students of spirits. 
and then will be deployed in different parts of the world to go and heal the wounded world. That is what spirit is asking for. To heal ourselves. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for this time today. You're most welcome, brother. We are very, very grateful. <laughs> thank you so much. You have been given a home going vision of what is expired today comes your homework individually it's not collective now what do you say about this thank you I wish you well I hope we'll meet again in the future we look forward to that I do too thank you thank you thank you Baba thank you very much Baba thank you Baba thank you you're welcome Baba You have been listening to The Mystical Positivist. This is your host, Stuart Goodnick. This week on the show, we featured a pre-recorded conversation with Zimbabwean healer Mandaza Augustine Kandemwa. Mandaza is a spirit medium and medicine man from Bulawayo, Zimbabwe. In Shona, his native tongue, he is known as a Mondoro, Sfakiro, and Gombwa. He was initiated through the tradition of the Injuzu, the water spirits. Mendoza carries with him in his heart the Central African spiritual tradition of healing and peacemaking. Next week on The Mystical Positivist, we feature a pre-recorded conversation with author Pamela Logan about her latest book, Compassion Mandala, The Odyssey of an American Charity in Contemporary Tibet. Pam Logan can usually be found with her head in the clouds moving uphill. At the age of 19, she took up karate while pursuing an engineering degree at Caltech. She later got an aerospace PhD from Stanford, but then left her career as a scientist to investigate the warrior tribes of the eastern Tibetan Plateau in a region known as Kham. Not long after that, she worked for the China Exploration and Research Society, restoring Tibetan temples and probing Silk Road ruins. In 1996, Dr. Logan was named Woman Explorer of the Year. The following year, she started ComAid Foundation, a nonprofit that operated for 14 years, assisting people in eastern Tibet with their needs for education, health care, cultural preservation, and economic opportunity. In 2007, Logan started a third career when she took a job with the U.S. federal government as a cleaner-upper of radioactive contamination at the Hanford site in Washington State. Later, she moved to a different agency where her job is to stop federal contractors from gouging American taxpayers. In her spare time, she still teaches karate and continues to advance the cause of assistance to Tibet through publication of books and articles that raise awareness of the needs of the Tibetans. She now holds the rank of fifth-degree black belt and teaches at Boulder Shotokan Karate. In 2020, responding to the COVID-19 pandemic, Logan began producing a series of training videos called Karate at Home Alone. Logan is also the author of Among Warriors and Tibetan Rescue. She is an accomplished public speaker, having delivered invited lectures at Columbia University, Wellesley College, Royal Geographic Society of Hong Kong, Asia Society, Explorers Club, Foreign Correspondence Club in Hong Kong and Beijing, and others. Join us for that show on Saturday, July 31st at 4 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. 
Thank you for joining us once again for the Mystical Positivist. Podcasts of all our shows can be found at www.mysticalpositivist.blogspot.com as well as commentary and discussion of topics of interest to the show. Also, please send comments and feedback to mysticalpositivist at gmail.com and join us again next Saturday. Some wind for the sailboat.